Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We, we now have the four candidates running for Georgia governor. What will this election mean for the state, the country? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday, usually from 3 to 6. Today it's 4 to 6, but uh, we're going to make the most of this two hours. We're going to pack it all in. There's lots and lots to talk about. I uh, have had a very fun, interesting, productive, and uh, valuable week here at WSB with the rest of the team working on the WSB Carathon, which was so interesting and fun and moving and did such good work for uh, that program for children's cancer and blood disorders at Children's Hospital. It was really moving to finally get to broadcast from there. And uh, hopefully we raised some good money. And I was there with Krista DiBiaz and, of course, Dave Baker. And Krista sitting in on the show right now. Hello. Hey, Krista. That was, you do so much work for the Carathon. I do nothing. I really don't. <laughs> I just, um, I'm privileged to be there every year. I feel really lucky to be around um, those families and meet those kids that are just so strong. And um, and then I help, of course, I work with Clark Howard and I help him uh, do his show, and um, it was unreal this year. We've raised one point, just a little over one point six million dollars. Whoa! For this. Wow! And, and no overhead. Like that money goes directly to this to the Affleck Cancer and Blood Disorder Center there at, at uh, Children's Healthcare, and um, you you can still donate though. You can still give to this wonderful cause in a couple ways. You can go to wsbradio.com through tomorrow and scott slade will read the final grand total on monday morning's news and um also you can round up your purchases at kroger so i'm gonna make sure i do that tomorrow when i do my weekly grocery shopping so thank you kroger for that as well well i would love it if the uh if the tally went up during our show today for a couple of reasons one it's a great cause of course and I love giving libertarians an opportunity to demonstrate that yes, we you know we don't need the government to organize every bit of charity when people are really in need, they'll do it. And what I really what was interesting to me is that I went to this to the hospital to see what was going on, to see it for myself. And the one thing I went in, and as I was walking in with you, Krista, I said, like the one thing I want to understand is how these kids show up after they've had pain and fear and they have to go these uh, every person i talked to had treatments for like years and how did they keep those kids going and they told us about their counseling their counselors their therapies their distraction therapies music pets and the gal who was giving us the tour ashley just happened to mention that that that, that all of that is 100% donor-sponsored. That's not, that the insurance doesn't pay for that, the government doesn't pay for it. Yep. And that's when I realized that you really make 
a di- like the thing I thought was the most important was the thing that we're paying for. So right? I love that. Voluntary and, giving, yeah. as you say. Yes, I just loved it. And it was really moving experience. So please, if people want to give now, that would be great. I think that would be awesome. Um, it's WSBradio.com, as easy as that. So uh, also this week, we know who's running for Georgia governor. And I guess we already knew that it was Stacey Abrams, and now the Republican candidate is Brian Kemp. There's also the independent Odom and the libertarian Ted Metz, which I have to say, if ever there's a race where uh, you might be tempted by the lesser of two evils, I can't, I mean, we're going to talk a bit about what Stacey Abrams it's kind of all about, in her own words, I'm not going to misrepresent it. I'm going to, all I do is look at her resume. Binkley, my producer here, is just listens to what she says and brings it to us. And, um, and as I was thinking about, so I, this year I actually thought the most important thing, if I were to have a cause, if I were to engage in the system, believe in the system, give the system a last hope, it would be election integrity. Because, I can say all I want that uh, the mob should not have the right to vote away your objective rights. And we have a constitution for that. We have limitations for that. Our democratic process is really to get people in the position to um, just execute that stuff, legislate it within the bounds of our objective rules. But there's no chance that that system as it's designed could work if the elections themselves have no integrity. So I thought if there's one thing we can do here on the ground, it's try to secure election integrity and VoterGA.org does that. I've had Garland Favrito, who's one of the founders of that organization on the show a lot. And he, uh, this year, uh, filed a complaint, a criminal complaint against Brian Kemp for uh, having very vulnerable election systems during 2016. And when those Uh, were under scrutiny, they wiped the servers. And there's just never been a good explanation for that. I think that, uh, you know, unless, until I I, there is a full investigation, you have to keep open the possibility that Kemp uh, didn't do his job for, out of incompetence or worse. So we have to see that. I think this and other things are going to be, make Kemp quite vulnerable versus Stacey Abrams and, you know, he's not my guy because of that. But but because of what I think Stacey Abrams is bringing, I feel if you look at her resume, which I've talked about before, she has and we're going to talk about this in the context of some of the things that she said recently. So during the show, I'm going to kind of try to bring it out little by little. She she has a resume that really screams uh globalism. It doesn't scream Georgia. She's a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. She has internships that are very telling. Uh, a couple in particular that I haven't explored before uh, ha- came up in my came to my attention this week that I want to tell you about. And because of that, like I look at this, she actually made a Freudian slip once that this is her path to the White House, not the governor's mansion. And I think it could even be beyond that, that, that she really has a world vision that may be very sincere in her way. We're going to find out what her sincere, what she professes to be her sincere political beliefs, just so you can decide whether that's what you want or not. Uh, but for me, 
you know, I, I like the opposite of that. I want local control. I want to make sure that the people who we elect to secure our rights and protections uh, are held accountable by us. We have access to them. And I think she really means the opposite. So for me, it's it's one of those things where it might be the one time that I can understand the lesser of two evils. But boy, it's this is not a, a fun choice to make. However, so as I was going down that road, I uh, I just opened Ted Metz's homepage and the blurb under his like libertarian candidate for governor is this. Libertarians believe that respect for individual rights is the essential precondition for a free and prosperous world. That force and fraud must be banished from human relationships and that only through freedom can peace and prosperity be realized? So I was tempted to think the lesser of two evils, but Metz had me at respect for individual rights. So I, but I, unlike people who tell me that I shouldn't do vote for who I want to vote for, I wouldn't presume to tell people to do what, you know, to make the same conclusion I have made. I, I, I think you have to make your own conclusions. But uh, I'm not sure, you know, you have all the information. So we're going to bring out some of that information on this show. Uh, and I'm open to uh, hearing what you guys have to say about uh, the choices that you make when faced with kind of the lesser of two evils. Or, or maybe you love these people and, and you want to make a case for them. I, I would make a case for Mets, I actually agree with what he's saying. Now, of course, you then have to dig in and say, will he actually deliver on that stuff? That's the next layer. But I'm going to, for this, so far in the race, I'm going to talk about what, uh, you know, what they're offering at face value. So we can talk about that, 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And um, so, Binkley, do you have, uh, I don't want to start getting into the clips. Let's start rolling into some of that stuff afterwards. Uh, I don't really have time to get into the first kind of blockbuster about uh, influencing Russian elections and Stacey <laughs> Abrams. That There's your tease for let's try to do that at the bottom of the hour. But in the meanwhile, do you have a strong opinion of what what's the right thing to do here? Would you vote the lesser of two evils or what's what's your gut? I would it? not because every propaganda book or study I've ever read talks about how the lesser of two evils tactic is used to put people into office. So I won't do it. I, I oppose both. Wow. Okay. Well, I have to say... I gave it some thought and I and I decided that until we truly demand that all candidates respect and uphold the Bill of Rights, respect the sovereignty of other nations. And I think this is more important even than um, budget hawks think it is uh, commit to ending government debt. I really feel like when it comes to this stuff, it's not like, oh, how are we ever going to pay it back? I feel like it's the root of the evil. It's not just money we owe. So I would say protect the Bill of Rights, uh, respect the sovereignty of other nations, and uh, commit to ending government debt. Unless I really think that those three things are going to be affected, I don't. I agree with you. I don't think the lesser of two evils is really going to change the direction that our secret but evil overlords are heading us into. So on that note, <laughs> but maybe the lines will light up, but that's okay because we've got uh, lots of, um, we really just want to exchange ideas, but also I really want to dig into some of the clips that you picked up 
uh, Binkley about the uh, Abrams strategy and her philosophy. And I'm just dying to tell you about what I found out about uh, how we influence, try to influence Russian elections. I can't wait. I know. It's super exciting. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. You always uh, are so enlightening. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK are our numbers. Uh, we're kind of kicking off the official Georgia governor's race and we are going to be doing it. We're going to talk about all the candidates over, you know, until November. Uh, thank goodness there's a libertarian candidate, but um, I understand why people don't want to take any chances. I think that this race is getting national scrutiny. I think they're they're uh, uh, fixing a lot of symbolism to Stacey Abrams. And I think she's she's exploiting that, trying to cultivate uh stereotypes i guess so here's a story she told that uh i you know it may be true but the governor's office responded zell miller at the time saying that they found it virtually impossible to believe but let's hear let's hear her tell the story and then we can kind of react to it and then i'm going to tell you something new that you didn't know about stacy abrams in high school so binkley let's play that clip and i was a high school senior i graduated as valedictorian but my parents uh, who are incredible people uh, at the time they were graduate students at emory university getting their masters of divinity we didn't have a car my family couldn't afford one and so we relied on public transit that day, we took the public bus to the governor's mansion. We got off the bus and we walked up the driveway. All the other families were arriving by car, and the security guard looked at my parents, looked at me, and refused us entry. He told us we didn't belong. He didn't ask to see our invitation. He didn't check his checklist. Uh, luckily, I have very aggressive parents who believe in their children and will always stand up for us. And so they had a very vigorous and engaged discussion with the guard. And, he finally agreed to check the checklist and found my name on it. And the point of the story is I was allowed inside, but I don't remember meeting the governor of Georgia. I don't remember meeting my fellow valedictorians. What stuck with me from that day was this man standing in front of the most powerful place in Georgia telling me I didn't have the right to come inside because of who he saw when he looked at me, when he looked at that bus that my parents and I got off of. So... That's her story. Now, the uh, I think the chief of staff of Zell Miller, who recently died, said uh, he just found it very hard to believe her name was first on the roster. There's a check mark next to it. I don't know if you could even see the bus stop from the governor's mansion. And uh, and and for her to say that was like such a poignant memory, she had already uh, entered the elite. I'm going to tell you right after the break what she brought to that meeting. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. I think you're a great libertarian voice on the radio. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6 normally. Today it's 4 to 6, but we're going to get a lot done in these two hours. 
404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show if you want to chime in. Uh, we just played, so the governor's race is on. We know who is running for governor, Abrams, Kemp, Odom, and Metz. Metz is libertarian. Of course, I like libertarians. I am for what I am for. I'm not against what, I'm not voting against what I'm against so much as if there's an opportunity to vote for somebody I believe in, I'm going to do it. So I don't presume to tell other people how to use their votes. Uh, but I'm open to any, whatever you want to say. And, and um, we can have a civilized discussion about it. But, uh, but one thing that I think is important is to make sure people know uh, the choice that they're actually making. So Stacey Abrams, to me, uh, I'm not sure what you see is what you get. But if you scratch the surface a little bit and just look at her resume and what she said, I think you get a better picture than kind of the national media propaganda sound bites and uh, memes that are going to flood the airwaves until November. So we just heard a clip of her uh, talking about how when she was valedictorian of her high school in Georgia and she was invited to the governor's mansion with the other valedictorians, uh, the guard did not want to let her and her family in because they got off a city bus and he didn't believe that her name could be on the list. Her name was the first name on the list. He would literally have to not even have looked at it. <laughs> and and Zell Miller's chief of staff was like really hurt because he said Zell did care about civil rights and that kind of thing. And nobody on his staff treated people that way. And it was like impossible to believe. So her campaign responded by saying, let's not quibble about whether, you know, what the facts are here. It, we're talking about the deeper truth. So this goes to a little meme I invented. Facts are facts, but truth is truth. Right. Very communist response from the Abrams campaign there. Yes, yes. And it came, that's Binkley, my producer, who also played for us the Starbucks clips, which is where I kind of was able to distill this theme, which is uh, the Starbucks, the guys at Starbucks who said that they were um, treated differently because they were black and weren't allowed to use the bathroom even though they weren't buying anything, you know the whole story. But one of the things the guy said was, now that's a rule that I, I suppose is evenly applied. I don't know if they got, I don't know. But they changed their bathroom policy at Starbucks. So I imagine they thought it was a bad rule overall. And what the guy said was, rules are rules, but right is right. And what you're saying there is that things are subjective. You know, subjective so that you... uh you can bypass the rules if you know in your heart that it's better. Yeah, that's exactly how they justified telling the incub the, the babies being ripped out of incubator incubator stories going oh, yeah. into the Gulf War, which wasn't true. Right. They said it doesn't matter that it wasn't true. At least we're stopping the bad guys. Yeah. And my argument always goes back to if you're if they're bad guys, there should be plenty of evidence. Like you don't need to make anything up for that. And uh uh, this subjectivism, do you have clip one super handy? It's just like a six-second clip, and it really brings out the uh, the subjectivist viewpoint of, um, you know, like, like, so my idea, my point is rules are only good rules that have emerged through 10,000 years of civilization and a lot of smart people and experience and all that. So if they're, if, if you believe in rules, it's because they're, 
universally applicable, and that's what rule of law means. But if you think that the rules can should only be in the hands of certain people, like rules are rules, but right is right, you really can't. Uh, there's no predictability, and there's no universally applied justice. And this quick little clip was is it Stacy saying it? Yes. Okay, let's hear it. When redistricting is in the hands of those who have good intentions and have good hearts, things change. So she doesn't like redistricting if her party isn't in power. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, that's why this doesn't... What what they're saying, really, is that our system doesn't work at all and needs to be completely redone, which they actually say that. You know, they are getting to say that. Like, we need a system that we don't have to fight, is, is one of the clips that you have. And... Hmm, which one is that? It? Yeah, that was one of the Parkland students who was on Pod Save America recently, which is Pod Save America is a podcast. It's run by a bunch of former Obama staffers and is now being propped up by HBO and is spread everywhere. Yeah. Do you want to play that one about um, we need a system? We need a system that we don't have to fight. Yeah, it takes a second to find it. All right. So, but I let me just button up. Um, the thing about the her high school, it's she at that point. I so I look at her resume. I just look at her resume and I investigate the things that are on it. And and literally, when you look at her resume, nothing says I uh, am just this unlikely grassroots candidate uh, who really understands the plight of the impoverished and the druggie. It instead says to me. Uh, I was selected at a very young age to be groomed for to be the face of the elite to the people so they don't see like a beard. And one of the things she did, (laughs) yeah, one of the things she did before that incident where the only thing she can remember being at the governor's mansion is how she was oppressed is that she she is in she is a uh, I just saw this on their Facebook page, a Telluride SP90. So that means that in 1990, she was in the Telluride Association Summer Program. And it's a six-week educational experience for high school juniors that offers challenges and rewards rarely accounted in sec- encountered in secondary school or even college. It has a rigorous selection process. And now I read elsewhere that it's by invitation only. So how her, <laughs> her bus riding parents figured this out, I never even heard of it before. I mean, this is like tantamount to a secret. Uh, Taspers generally go on to America's finest colleges, which she did. Telluride Association hopes the TASP experience endows its students with a sense of intellectual vitality, blah, blah, blah. Uh, It's one of the most successful and prestigious academic summer programs in the nation. The more than 3,400 living TASP alumni include leaders in politics, journalism, academia, the sciences, education, medicine, business, and the arts. For many, the six-week Telluride Association program was a formative experience in their lives. So before this happened, like that could, it, she was already on the road. And then uh, another internship I dug into. So after this, so she went to Yale Law School. Was that her ultimate? Yeah. I forget what her undergrad was, but she went to Yale Law School. Spelman, I think. Um, maybe, yeah, sounds right. And, uh, and then after she's right now a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. She's, uh, a, uh, a fellow of the British American Project. That's a good one. The British American Project, 
I think John Pilger said it was um, the foot soldiers in any network devoted to power and propaganda. That's what her thing was. Um, The Salzburg Seminar, Freeman Fellow on U.S.-East-Asian Relations, on Youth and Civic Engagement, on... um, uh, she was a Council on Italy Fellow, an American Council of Young Political Leaders Fellow at the U.S. Department of State. She was an American Marshall Memorial Fellow. I believe that's like the Marshall Plan. Next Gen Fellow of the American Assembly at Columbia University on U.S. Global Policy and the Future of International Institutions. And she's a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Yeah. I mean, she is preparing to be president of the world. Not even just president of this country, which she's also preparing to do because she did say on this road to the White House when she met the governor's mansion. (laughs) So do you want to play the thing about um, how we need a system that isn't about rights, but that we don't have to fight that works with us? Is that worth? Yeah. All right. Go for it. We can't talk about voting as participating in this system. We have to talk about voting as being able to create a new system that fights for us instead of a system we have to fight. And I think that's the hardest thing right now to communicate to people because we're incredibly divided as a nation. But if the young people of this country can come together, we have the technology, we have the education to come together and say, this is what we want to fight for. We can completely change what this country looks like because young people as a demographic, like vote at the lowest rate. And if we raise like five points, six points, the youth turnout completely control the election mm-hmm. as young right. people. That's right. See, this upsets me because it's like when I hear them, I, I, I'm not like this, like democracy, right or wrong. I don't think like that. But our system is set up to have protections for uh, minorities, like the minority political opinion, minority regional, like that's what the Electoral College is about. That's why the Senate has the same number of people from each state. That's why uh, you have states' rights. That's what all that stuff is. So when they're talking about we don't want a system we have to fight, they're talking about negotiation, compromise. And the only thing, the only compromise that really works is the compromise where you leave each other alone. And nobody's going to compromise and say, okay, I'll give you everything. So, you know, the compromise is, you know what, you're going to, I'm not going to take your pot away, but you're going to have to buy it yourself. Like, that's a compromise everyone can live with, you know? Yeah. And what what that kid is saying, that's one of the Parkland school shooting survivors. That's one of the David Hogs that goes around, you know, propagating right. disinfo all the time. He, um... Just think about your own teenager, and is that really... Right. Is that he, an unschool, you know... Un- he's he's yeah. promoting subversion, yeah, an overthrow of the system. Yeah. I know. It's it, it it Look, if he was talking about overthrowing the system and restoring individual rights, you know, like a de facto institution of the Bill of Rights, like protecting Bill of Rights, but that what's going on now is stripping away those rights. So, this is the same body of people who don't like the Sixth Amendment because they give people the right to trial who don't deserve it. You know, like that's that's not <laughs> that's not OK. So like the Parkland guy, that that was a big theme around that. Like, should we be paying for his lawyer? It's like, well, who like the Parkland shooter? It's yeah. like, well, you don't really know even if he did it, it until you have the trial. Like you think, you know, but that means you just believe the media. So but I want to let's take a break. But then I'll tell you that the internship that uh, that Stacey Abrams did that I thought was like so on point with 
the whole Russian collusion meme. You're really not going to believe it when I peeled the onion on this one. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. 29 years of service in the Army as a uh, professional intelligence officer. I sincerely appreciate your program. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. We are back. Uh... Trying to give some insights into Stacey Abrams, the person and the policies. And I was just talking about some of her internships. I hadn't known about her high school internship, which it's like uh, very low profile, but it is actually stating expressly that it is grooming uh, people to interface with the elites or become the elite later and that was one thing so she got a very early start there's lots of people i've noticed sergey brin mark zuckerberg george soros who were um have story james comey fidel castro who have stories from their teen years that put them somehow in the limelight in in on a path to where they are today very interesting i I just i don't know what to make of it exactly but when i see it it kind of makes me do a double take but uh, but it's one of her later internships that really blew my mind when I realized the implications of it. She was a UCOS fellow for U.S.-Russia relations. And UCOS oil, if you if you remember it, it existed, I believe, from 1993 to 2007. The guy who owned it, Kodorkovsky, his name was, I think, uh, they shut him down. First of all, the way they got rich there, these oligarchs emerged in Russia is exactly the way this guy did. He owned a bank. The bank was given the right to auction off the state companies when Russia started to privatize stuff. And in almost every case, the bank itself won the bid. So the thing was worth $20 billion, and this guy got it through his bank for, I think, $150 million. So they, it was just it was just absolute theft, and Putin kind of was pulling back on that. And this, I think, had... It's hard to find the information on it, but I did see references that it was largely Western held and it went bankrupt in 2007. So her internship there had to have been before 2007. And during that time, uh, they had a program, I think it was called the Open Russia Program. I've been doing all this (laughs) stuff on the way back machine and it's hard to navigate. But that there were five board members. One was Henry Kissinger. Another was Lord Jacob Rothschild. Wow. So I don't know if that was the program she was involved in, but I can't find any information on that. But I can find information on on another similar program of theirs called the New Civilization, where UCOS inaugurated a youth education project uh, where hundreds of thousands of young Russian citizens um took part in various new civilization programs, including a democracy role-playing game, (laughs) regional and interregional summer camps and festivals, new civilization participant schools each became an independent children's republic who established economic, political, cultural, and educational relations with the countries and neighboring schools. So as I've been looking into Russian hacking and this Yukos oil thing, I realized that we have had a multi-decade plan to really influence the body politic in Russia. And I know, Binkley, you have something to say about that, so let's get to it after the break. And uh, and I believe you actually have literal fun and games for me. So we're going to get to that in a second. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants 
they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.